Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, four. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Zagna. Joined by my co-host, 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivan, straight off the plane from ATL, getting ready for a wedding next week. Drew, big weekend in Atlanta as you, I, Brian Doan, our colleague, down there at Carrollton High School to see the best recruits from Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, over 150 prospects in attendance and elite prospects at that at the Under Armour all-America camp. And Drew, you wrote a nice little breakdown. If you're someone that can't get to this podcast, but you want to read top performers from the Under Armour All-American camp in Atlanta, done by yours truly, Andrew Ivins. Yesterday, great article. We're going to get through that. Drew, loaded event, a lot to talk about, but you got a wedding coming up. We keep. I feel like I got to bring the listeners in on this. We're kind of, we're going through your psyche a little bit. We're getting you ready. You and I got to break bread. In Georgia, if you're going to do it, you got to do it one way. That's at the Waffle House. Both had a little all-star breakfast. The only deviation, I think, from both of us is eggs were scrambled, right? I was over easy. And then I don't know. Do you have wheat toast? I think I had. A, I was a white toast guy. I was a white toast guy. I just Makes go back. To, I just go back to the the one lady that said she she like used to work at the Virgin Islands. I'm like, we're just in the middle of like Georgia. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? 3 p.m. Carrollton Waffle House. I was about to say, great time. No rush hour. Get in there late. Needed a hearty breakfast before I got back on the road. That's what you need, man. It was a one-stop shop. It was either that or Chipotle. I had it two weeks before that. Waffle House. Can't go wrong. But Drew, a loaded event. I mean, I like I, I can't remember. I haven't been doing this long, right, on the media side, almost two years. But this, outside of Future 50, was the most talented event that I've ever been to for a guy that's been doing it a little bit longer. I kind of wonder how this stacks up for you. It was up there. I mean, I don't know if it was GOAT status, greatest of all time, Um, but this Atlanta stop on the Under Armour All-America Camp Series circuit has served as a, I would say like a, a proving ground or an avenue where guys can quickly make names for themselves. And that's just because I think of where it kind of falls on the calendar you know, we are um, closing out February. Recruits are going to get back out on the road, start taking visits and all that stuff. So it's an opportunity for us to see guys that we haven't really seen 
you, you look at the roster coming into the event, there's a bunch of established names already, but it seems like every year we kind of uncover uh, a few new individuals that are already on college radars, but maybe have kind of slipped through the cracks for us. I thought what was what was unique about this camp and is is kind of the location. Carrollton, you know, closer to where you're living there in, in Alabama, Cooper, um, you know, west of Atlanta. First off, awesome facility. They had a 125-yard indoor. Uh, their weight room rivals a lot of, like, group of five programs I've, I've seen around the country. Um, so that's where they held the event, you know, I, I think for weather reasons. Uh, but that, that was awesome. But the location allowed them to pull kids from Mississippi, Alabama, like I said, Tennessee, uh, and then in Georgia. In uh, years previous, we saw a lot of South Carolina, North Carolina kids there. I, I think maybe they'll be at the Baltimore stop later on. But no, it was loaded. We knew the defensive line group w- was going to be great. We knew the offensive line group was going to be great. And uh, that was the case. Such an, an important event. You know, I, I think about it and it's like talking to Lance Zerline about this and, and kind of comparing their process to our process in the evaluation process and where we are in the time of the year for, for me, it's like, okay, you get done with the 2023 cycle really in December, right? The majority of the haze in the barn. And then you wrap up, you put the cherry on top in February. And this event only a couple of weeks later is kind of, I don't want to say your first exposure point for somebody like me, but it is, I mean, like a, a lot of these guys coming from Alabama, Mississippi and Tennessee, I, I have not seen live. There's in just person. not, in, in person, right? So being able to see these guys, but also in this environment when it's elite on elite and you can kind of, you can use the exposure to compare body types because you're going to see players there at, at a really elite level that you know have a lot of opportunities to pretty much play anywhere in the country. So to be able to stack these guys, not only from a body types body type standpoint, but to see how they move and then to be able to get to the one-on-one competitive setting as well. It's a really huge part of the, I don't want to say initial evaluation process for us, but it's big for us in, t- in terms of sorting things out, right? And we got an update coming out in a couple of weeks. And I know you and I, as a reference point, we're going to look back at this event for a lot of these guys and they're going to be guys moving up and down the board because of what we've seen. Now we can pair that we can we can use that live exposure in conjunction with the tape to make pretty sound decisions. And there's a lot going on there. And, and Andrew, I walked in and one of the guys that right off the hoof, right, that you see and you're not like, who is that guy? I think we all know who that guy is, but it was your alpha dog. That's David Sanders, one of the best players in the country, number one player in the country in 2025 out of Providence Day High School in North Carolina, a guy that protects the blind side of one of the best passers in the country in 2024, Jaden Davis. And when we made the move to put David Sanders in in that spot, not the alpha dog, but one of the best players in the country, the number one player in the country, like I keep talking about, at that point, so earlier in the process, you're really banking on traits, right, and developmental upside. And you're looking at David Sanders and you're like, there's a whole lot of guessing for us. And that I, I feel completely comfortable saying that. But when you look at him on film, he was an elite traits guy who still needed to fill out his frame. So it was pretty interesting to see what he was going to look like. And he showed up six foot seven, 
265 pounds, a seven foot wingspan at 84 inches and 36 inch arms. I mean, that is elite across the board. And you have a lot of people philosophically when it comes to their offensive linemen that say, hey, I'd, I'd rather build them up than melt them down. And that's kind of where David Sanders is with two years left of high school football. And then you take in his track and field background and shot disc. I mean, this is a guy that's got everything we want. And then guess what? When it, when it came to the competitive portion of the event, he was elite there. He kind of checked every box in terms of what we wanted to see from the number one player in the country. Typically, I would say it's probably the other way around. You kind of leave these events and being like, well, he's got to get here, right, to cement his status of being the number one player in the country. With David Sanders, I mean, he, he to me, he's on the right track, and rarely do we say kind of everything we thought he was. Yeah, I mean, our number one player in the class of 2025, right, he, when he shows up at these type of events, you're kind of hoping he does well. <laughs> Uh, and like I wrote, he won the measurements portion. We'll get those official numbers from him. Um, but David Sanders did, did an interview with our, our camera guys. And I, I think you were talking to him of just about how big he was. I mean, look, he looks the part size 18 shoes. I think he also told me he broad jumped over 120 inches or something like that, which that, that's such a key marker for offense alignment. You want them to be explosive through the hips. That broad jump shows the ability to fire through there. Um, and, and I think to a, a casual bystander, right, they're, they're probably like, David Sanders, like, this guy's a twig. He, he's not filled out, um, but he's a puppy, right? It, it, I, I use this analogy all the time, right? He's, he's got the big paws, uh, the long legs. Like, he's going to grow into his frame, uh, and I'm not concerned at all uh, about his weight, 265 pounds right now. Dad was hanging out with us. We were doing that interview. Dad was wearing an Alabama hat. It, he's a big dude. I think David Sanders is only going to get bigger. Um, and, and you also got to remember, David Sanders protected the blind side for blue chip quarterback uh, Jaden Davis there at Providence Day um, this past season. They won a, a, a state title there in North Carolina. But David Sanders has only been playing offensive tackle for a few years now. He's still very green. He's still figuring this position out, what he wants to do. And you bring up the competitive nature of the two reps. He took two reps during one-on-one. So I don't think a lot of people that have been to these camps realize how they work. They kind of roll through different position groups. They go through testing, positional drills, right? Then they'll, they'll close with some competition and some one-on-ones. David Sanders only got two reps, I, I believe, um, but they were pretty for a guy that's a, a youngster. Uh, he went up against Sterling Dixon, a Alabama front seven commit kind of an edge rusher, tweener type. Uh, we thought that Sterling Dixon had one of the best days out of anyone at the camp. And David Sanders held his own. And what was really encouraging, I think, about him was his ability to uh, quickly recover, right, get back and, and re-fortify. Um, it's rare to see that kind of footwork for someone with such long limbs. So, yeah, really encouraging performance from David Sanders. He's an awesome kid just to talk with and – and pick his brain, told me the plan is to visit, I think it's Alabama, Ohio State, South Carolina, um, and I'm probably going to miss a few schools here, but he, he highlighted those. I thought the South Carolina stuff was interesting when I was talking with him, you know, just to hear. Uh, Georgia's the other school he said he's hoping to visit in the coming months. I mean, he's wide open. He's got over two dozen scholarship offers, but, you know, his eyes lit up when I when I brought up Shane Beamer and the, and the Gamecocks, and I know Cooper, me and you always talk about what South Carolina is doing. So 
Uh, stock up for David Sanders, which is which is kind of crazy to say because he's our number one player in the class of 2025. South Carolina got it going. I mean, that's a that's a good little tidbit there. Maybe to keep that in your back pocket when it comes to David Sanders. Still a ways out in in his recruitment, but a, a lot to like, a, a lot to love with David Sanders. And it, we can it, talk about the the physical traits. You said it. I enjoyed the conversation with him, man. A really, really mature between the ears and trajectory right now. I mean, that gets you gets you really excited. Well, the, the one other thing I want to point out too, right, about our evaluation process. David Sanders still has, what, two years of high school left? This is the third time I've seen him in person. I saw him at the FBU Freshman All-American Bowl right, uh, two years ago down in Naples, Florida. Instant eye catcher. Saw him last year at this event, the Under Armour All-America event. And then you see him again. So, uh, you know, that that's – that, and, and then you're watching his games, right? You, you see him on tape when you watch Jaden Davis. I mean, I think some people think we just kind of – Watch, watch the five-minute highlight huddle cut, and that's it for some of these kids. But it's like, no, this is a, a, a process, right, that, that starts when they're freshmen and goes all the way until they're seniors. So it's also cool to kind of see these kids grow um, and, and continue to evolve. Um, so that, that's a fun part as well. Next five on offense, Andrew, you you really love this guy, and I'm going to lean on you here because I felt like you kind of zeroed in on him a little bit more than – I really got to see him, which is tough because he's in my area. But Ryan Williams from Sarah Land, I mean, you talk to to people in our network uh, at 24-7 Sports, there is a lot of love for this kid and kind of seeing him move around a little bit on Sunday. It's very easy to, to fall in love with his skill set. A guy that is committed to Alabama, class of 2025 receiver, Checks in at six foot, 170 pounds. Like you said, we got to wait and see kind of what the official me measurements and, and testing and everything like that. But this guy, you see the way he kind of moves around and the individual drills. Like I said, we we all kind of wait patiently for that one-on-one -on -one competitive period. But, I mean, off the hoof and then just kind of seeing this way this guy moves. He's a silky, silky route runner who knows how to separate and really natural at the catch point as well. So – we we split up the field right yeah that ipf they're doing one-on-ones on each side and i think this is maybe why you didn't see ryan williams because he never he never left my side of the field uh but he was wearing 41 and i checked my notes after that like 30 minute one-on-one -on -one session and it was like I, I think i counted close to 12 touchdowns for ryan williams i mean he scored pretty much every play um in fact the only defender that could slow him down was his cleats as they kept coming off. Like he would be at the top of a route and his cleat would come off and, you know, the DB would win that there. So, no, Ryan Williams, this is my first live exposure to him. I thought he was awesome. He's our one of our top-ranked players right now in the class of 2025, number 25 overall, number five wide receiver. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have no idea where he's going to finish. Um, I think there's only a chance he's going to go higher. Uh, committed to Alabama. One Mr. Alabama when, when it comes to football as a sophomore, first time ever after putting up a monster season at Sarah Land. Uh, also, as a freshman, was a qualifier uh, for the state track meet in both the 100 and the 200, placed fourth in the 200. Um, so he's got the long speed, right? You love to see that. I thought his ability to track the football was elite. Uh, there was one of those balls, and, you, you know, you see those deep post routes, and, 
kids won't won't go for it. They'll think it's a little overthrown. So anytime you can see a kid like actually track down a ball that maybe probably isn't really all that catchable, it's 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 really notable. I love guys that are competitive at the catch point. Ryan Williams is that. You brought up the frame, the slight build. I mean, he's small, right? Uh, I, I think the easy kind of layup comp, uh, and this comes from Rusty Manziel, you know, of Dogs Two Four Seven. He he kind of tossed this out. He he said Ryan Williams kind of has that Devonte Smith like build, and I, I kind of agree with that. You know, once the camp concluded, I I was trying to hunt Ryan Williams down just because I wanted to size him up uh, in person and stand next to him. But no, Ryan Williams looked the part. Um, Alabama is is going to be getting a good one, assuming he sticks. I, I think I overheard him say that he was going to visit Georgia. Georgia had just offered a few days ago, and then I think Ryan said maybe he was going to go check them out. But man, no, he's the real deal. Little nugget on Georgia and the and the two time defending national champions, Will Muschamp, co defensive coordinator, I believe is the title and linebackers coach. Um, might have to double check that, but Will Muschamp, obviously a, a big part of Georgia. In uh, their success there over the last couple of years, he was in attendance in Atlanta. His son, Whit Muschamp, a 2024 quarterback out of Tennessee, had a solid day. I think there was, I think there was another Georgia coach there too, Brian McClendon, the receivers coach as well. I don't want to rat anybody out because the only way you can be there is that if you got blood there. Yeah, right. I don't. I was looking at the roster at it. And see well, any last names on there. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I saw I saw Muschamp last year at the camp in Orlando, right? And, and his son went through at that. And like, yeah, Muschamp's like, you know, talking to people, wearing his CAA shirt. But like Georgia has p- picked up a few different commitments from underclassmen from guys that were at that camp. So it's it's quite the advantage and, and quite the loophole. Just like the Dylan Rayola thing, you know, Dylan Rayola visiting Nebraska during the dead period. You saw that over the weekend, the number one quarterback in in 2024. What's the what's the loophole there? I guess you can go visit campus if your, your oh, they family, member, family members on staff. But he was at a, a volleyball game or a basketball game, and you know the, everyone was cheering. It's it's quite the. There's some workarounds now. I'll tell you that. And hey, I was talking to a buddy on the team side of this, and you know about the Georgia deal and. It, People were like, well, you know, that's just that's just Georgia, right? Just looking for an advantage. Well, there's no coincidences, right? I mean, Will Muschamp's there. He's got a roster in hand. And he didn't look like a coach that was just there to see his son. I'll tell you that much. And that was a loaded camp, head to toe. And the other part about this is think of the advantage that you have as a staff to be able to go to an event like that. There's nothing like that that a college football coach can attend. The closest is going to IMG Academy and watching a practice. Yeah. There's there's nothing like that where you can get to see those guys move around in that setting, elite on elite, and body type these guys. Now, there's no interaction. There's no face-to-face interaction or, or conversations that take place there. But the reason I bring this up is I told you this yesterday. This all happens before the spring evaluation period. And there's a reason they call it the spring evaluation period. It's because you're going out and you're getting to do what Will Muschamp and Brian McClendon have gotten to do this weekend. So Georgia already a half step of the 
of the competition can go back, sit down with the powers that be, take a look at the board and reprioritize how they set things, how they set their travel schedule, what's important, what's a priority. That's an advantage. I don't care what anybody says, and, and that's Georgia taking advantage of a NCAA loophole. And if I were other coaches around there, I'd be trying to, hey, listen, if I have a son, he plays football in that grade range, do whatever you got to do, grease whatever hands you got to grease, and get your sons in these camps. And it's like there's a reason they are who they are and why they continue to win because it it, it is win at all cost all the time. I admire it. All right, Drew, another guy that was up for Alpha Dog consideration, and this kid honestly was maybe my favorite. Michael Smith, tied in out of Savannah, Calvary Day School in Georgia, committed to guess who? Shane Beamer in the South Carolina Gamecocks. I mean, this guy's 6'4", 225. I remember when we saw him move around, he was like, this cat is our number four tight end in the country. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And you kind of see him body type-wise, and you're like, all right, it makes sense. And then you see him move around. You like it. Similar to Ryan Williams, I'm not sure I saw him lose a rep. I mean, explosive, can get downfield, ball skills, knows how to utilize his frame. He was one of the more impressive prospects in attendance. And I would imagine, I mean, you know, before he committed to South Carolina, he's got LSU, he's got Alabama. If he puts this on the uh, on the field this year on tape, I mean, there are going to be a lot of people continuing to knock on his door because that he wasn't top five. Like he was in the mix for what I thought was one of the best players there. One of the most dominant performances I've seen from a tight end in this type of setting. I in uh, hands down, just being straight up about it. You brought it up, Cooper. We were watching kind of I don't know what I don't even know what to call those drills like ball catching drills and I was like oh there's Michael Smith I'm like don't really love the the look of that and and what do we mean by that I mean he's I don't know if he's over six two maybe I mean but he's under six foot three and and he's kind of high cut and then we get to one-on-ones and I I think what is so important right now for tight ends and, and what you're seeing at the next level is the ability to create separation have some wiggle as a, a route runner and Michael Smith's short area quickness is elite. Uh, and that caused plenty of issues for uh, opposing defensive backs. He caught everything that came his way. I, I, I wrote anything that came in his area code he got. Uh, he's also athletic basketball background. Um, he can twist, he can go come back, play above the shoulder pads, snag a football, pluck it out of the air. He was awesome, and and again, you're right. You, you know, you're like, all right, this is our number four tight end. How do we feel about feel about him? Uh, I, I I I'm a big fan of Michael Smith. Great pickup, again for South Carolina. <laughs> we just keep talking about the Gamecocks and, and and Shane Beamer, but they were on him early. Got him committed. I did ask Michael just because he he has picked up, I think, more offers since he made that early pledge, and he said he's all South Carolina, and and, and brought up Shane Beamer. Um, no, he was, he was, he was a fun one to watch. And I, I just think in general, when talking about 2024, it seems like it's a very deep year at tight end. Uh, I think everyone on our, our rankings calls loves different tight ends in their regions. So we'll see who ends up in that, in that final top two, four, seven, 
but early returns are starting to suggest pretty pretty talented and deep year uh, at tight end. I'm just trying to think, like, is there a guy that kind of jumped into your mind as a as a comp, either at the collegiate level or NFL level? I'm like, this guy's kind of a he's like six three, he's two forty five, but he's like broad, you know, like he's going he's going he's going to get bigger. He can attach, detach. Uh, the, the one that jumps out to me, uh, Brevin Jordan, little Brevin Jordan in his game. I think Brevin, the former Miami Titan, who is now with the Houston Texans, uh, out of, out of uh, Bishop Gorman there in Los Angeles. You know, he was a guy that was around 6'3", um, really, really good pass catcher, uh, and, and de- it developed and became an inline blocker. The only thing is that I think Brevin was a little thicker um, through through the glutes and the quads at this stage. Yeah, he, he's he's an interesting cat because I can see him getting pretty big, you know. Like he he's still he's still got some room to grow, but he had a great way. I, I loved watching him. I just kept going back to my roster, like double checking and you know looking at the number and trying to familiar yourself, familiarize yourself with with a lot of these guys during the process. And that was one of those guys you're just like, all right, after after five minutes of watching him, you knew who he was. You know, you didn't have to look down at your roster anymore. You're like, okay, I know. I know who that guy is. So, all right. Can, can, um, we, can we yeah. also take take people inside the camp? Like, the whole roster situation, and Under Armour tries hard. Don't get me wrong. I love the guys at Under Armour. But, you know, it's not like you just go to these camps and, like, it's easy to identify who everyone is. <laughs> like, there's like four different rosters floating around. Kids have changed numbers. It's it's you know kids are wearing helmets. So even if you're going to identify them, it's not easy. I wouldn't put that. And I know you're not saying this. I think Under Armour is doing the doing the best they can do. You know, and part of the reason I love going to these camps is not only because of the elite level talent, but it's because of the organization and the structure of the event as well. There's some events we go to that I'm like, I really struggle with this because half the time you're expending your energy trying to find out who's who, right? And the rosters aren't right. And at least when you walk into Under Armour, there's a roster that they give you beforehand, about 48 hours before. Then there's a roster that they give you the day of with the changes that have been made. And there's a couple things you got to figure out between you know, that period of, of the open portion of, of the combine. But all things considered, I think it's a pretty, pretty tightly run event. I think you agree with that. So No, it's it's good. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you're out there and you're, you're trying to juggle. You're scrambling bro. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Should we talk about the, uh, the hottest name in, in high school football recruiting right now? Air Nolan. From Langston Hughes in, in Georgia, and Drew, we were excited to see him. I was excited to see him. We got to talk to him a little bit afterwards. You got to interview with him. I got to spend some time with him, which key for quarterbacks. And I'll say this before we even get to the to the player. I mean, love the person, the maturity, the way he carries himself. And then you kind of look at the resume. You pair that together. There is so much to like about him. Couple that with the day that he had. I mean, he he was exactly as I expected. One, I think he's a gamer. Two, I thought he was super solid in this setting. And three, I think he's one of the safest quarterback prospects in the class. Definitely, I, I, def- I just think he's wired the right way. Like definite riser for for us, right? For sure. I now <clears throat> that 
<clears throat> Jeez, excuse me. Jeez, man. <clears throat> You're like the guy in the local news I was watching last night. Like he could, the sports guy could not, cannot deliver on his his his. You know, my voice down. is cracking. Remember, um, remember that movie? I love you, man. He's yeah. lifting the weights. Everything you got. <laughs> Everything you got. <laughs> That's me right now. All right. Anyway, Air Nolan. Okay, you I love said, him. You said I, I, you, I guess what I'm saying is I have to look at the rest of the board. But yes, this is a guy that, in our mind, I think we're going to have a hard time. Like, he just checks so many boxes, and you're kind of looking for something in his game to maybe poke at a little bit. I don't know where you start. All right, two things. I asked you this at Waffle House, so I think you kind of already agree. Maybe the best Southpaw we've seen since Tua coming out of the high school ranks, right? Agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I guess I got to go through a little bit more, but I, I feel pretty confident about that statement. The second thing is when we were interviewing Air, and you know he was talking about his name and all that stuff, where it came from, and uh, I, I think we can put down the twenty four seven sports recruiting show. But he, he brought up his visit schedule for March and April. He's going to go to Clemson. He's going to go to Miami. He's going to go to Ohio State. He's going to go to Purdue. Uh, Texas A&M, Alabama are also involved. I'm probably for, probably forgetting a school. I can't remember. Um, but he's like, Clemson hasn't offered me yet. He's like, they, they want to meet me and see me in person. I'm like, brother, as soon as you walk through that door, they are offering you a scholarship. Like, you are everything. Like, you check off every box with your personality. Like, awesome kid. Um, you know, I, I think we had to do two takes on the interview, and he was just completely fine with it. But he's a, he's a leader, 28-3 and three on Friday nights. Um, you know, wants wants to pick a school that he feels. I think I think the term he said. I feel comfortable there on like a Tuesday and and Wednesday night. Like between the ears, he's as solid as they come. And you know, Clemson is kind of I don't want to say weird about that, but they want their guys. They don't hand out offers unless you come on campus. So I think as soon as he steps foot on campus, it'll be in the parking lot. They're going to offer him a scholarship. I get it. I mean it, that that's part of Clemson's brand or what you want to call brand mystique and it was pretty similar to what we did at washington it was just like it was it was the final cherry on top of the evaluation process and in a way that you could also differentiate yourself from others in the process as well and for air nolan he's probably like and i have alabama i have ohio state maybe not alabama they already have julian sand but so on and so forth i have the who's who right coming after me in college football. And then I got Clemson out there. It's kind of like the girl that you're texting. And then it's like, hey, you know, I, I just a, need to see a little bit more. Terrible analogy, by the way. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying with, with, with Clemson is let's get you on campus. Let's also, for them, it's an opportunity to make it a special moment. And I think for them to, to kind of make themselves stand out in the process. And this is something that he it has probably built up over time in terms of anticipation. And I, I don't mind it from Clemson. And the other part of about it is, I mean, you talked about it. Like, you know, we had OKG at Washington, our kind of guy. <laughs> this guy's going to walk into the building, like you said. And I expect, like, sparks to, to fly between Dabo Sweeney and Aaron Olin, and listen, 
I know they're all in on Jaden Davis right now. You and I have talked about this between Jaden Davis and Aaron Nolan. You know, where we have Aaron Nolan at, at number 10 right now in our quarterback rankings, that, that is sure to change. And from two to 10, I don't like, yeah. we've said this before, there's not a ton of separation between that group. So I can see Aaron Nolan, the advantages. I mean, this is a guy that we've talked about the established resume, but he's played against very good competition there in Georgia. And then just being being around him, you kind of see the way that he carries himself. I think any head coach in the country that's recruiting that player is going to have a hard time saying, all right, how is this guy not quarterback one on our board? Yeah. What One other thing I forgot with him, he did mention that he's hoping to make a decision by the end of April, right? So it seems like this final round of visits could kind of be like, I don't know, the box checker, the dictator. Uh, and then, the, and then he's he he wants to he wants to make a pledge. I think he wants to lead his team to another state title. The other school I forgot in there is Arkansas. He's going to be there March thirteenth. Uh, so Clemson, Arkansas, Ohio State, Miami, Purdue, all set to get him on campus. I think Texas A and M as well. I don't know. <laughs> Where do you think he lands? Well, tell me about Clemson. When when is that visit? Is that visit? That's the first. That's gonna be the first one of him back out on the road. I would expect Clemson to be in the mix. Ohio State. Ohio State's the one that intrigues me. I think those are the two. Right. I think those are the two. I think Ohio State and Clemson. And I mean, if you're Ohio State, man, like I jump all over it. You know, because Jaden Davis. Sounds like Michigan's the the leader, right? Yeah. Ohio State, they just took Lincoln Keenholes the year before, Aaron Nolan. And people want to say he's like he, he's not really a dual threat guy. Who? What Aaron Nolan? His no. Like it, so a lot of assumptions are made. He's a quick twitch pocket passer. He can move and he's mobile. But this is a guy who makes a living really from the pocket yeah. as a passer. So I think he kind of fits Ohio State and what they want to do. And I, I really like the fit with Clemson. If, if I had to guess right now, I think it's going to come down to those two, Ohio State and Clemson. I, I wouldn't sleep on Miami either. New offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson. He said he said Dawson was recruiting him when he, he was at Houston. You know, I think I think if, if Miami's going to run this wide open spread, like Air could fit it. But I, I, I'm kind of with you, you know. Clemson, Ohio State. I'm going to give the nod right now, and it's not even I, – I mean, it's whatever, right? I, at this point, you're, you're really kind of flying blind, but based off of experience, I'm going to say that this is going to blossom over the next couple weeks into a beautiful marriage between Aaron Nolan and Dabo Sweeney, and then I think they'll have their guy. Fair to say? Go, go find that Aaron Nolan, like – Plus 300 to Clemson ticket. <laughs> I wish we could start betting on that. We make a lot of money, man. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's keep it going with the offense. We'll kind of get through these guys a, a little bit a little bit quicker, but Cameron Coleman. Wide receiver out of Central Phoenix, and he's about as pretty as they come. And a guy that I've had quite the scouting crush on on quite some time. He participated in a Under Armour camp this time last year. Blew it up physically. Tested extremely well. Had a solid season in terms of production. See some things on tape you really like. And then today, man, like I thought he was – one of the best players there, big six foot three, explosive frame, a guy that can really leap out of the build building, has the 50-50 pass catcher to him as well. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Braylon James. Last year, I know I brought that up before who ended up signing with Notre Dame out of Texas. And Braylon James was a guy that had this big physical frame, tested really well, but kind of left us wanting a little bit more on the field. I don't get that sense with Cam Coleman. I, I can see this guy kind of really continuing to turn heads, and I'm excited for him. I think he's got a really good opportunity to kind of put it all together this upcoming year. I think he's going to become one of the hottest receiver prospects in the country. I think he's what you look for on the outside, right? You know, over six foot two. Again, we'll see what the final measurements are, but when he went to one of these camps last season, I mean, it was he checked off every box. Over it was six two. Uh, six two two height, one hundred seventy five pounds, four six on the lasers, four three shuttle, thirty two inch vert, one hundred twenty one broad, seventy nine inch wing. I mean, he has the size, and I, I was the most encouraged by his ability, Cooper. To you said it, fifty fifty football, just go up and win it, right? Sometimes you see these guys that are big and they can run, but when the ball's in the air, they panic and they, they don't do anything. And, and Coleman seemed to be pretty natural when it came to, all right, I, this is my football. I'm going to go get it. I know it's not a padded setting. 
but there's still contact in this little one-on-one. So I like that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a comp that jumps out to me, but I think as you kind of build out your wide receiver room, right. And you try to make it like a basketball team, you want guys that can do different things. And I think Cameron Coleman is the, is the perfect, you know, perimeter player uh, that can fit in a variety of different offenses. So I agree. Uh, I think his stock's going to rise. I, I went through our, our colleague, Brian Doan's uh, blue chip notebook said <laughs> wants to get to Clemson this summer, Florida state, Penn state. Um, this is the type of receiver that those guys kind of recruit. Well, you said it. I, I mean, he kind of reminds me of what Clemson has had in the past, not as, as of late, uh, but before that, uh, not as smooth as T. Higgins, maybe not as uh, savvy as a guy like Justin Ross, but big, physical. He is a little bit stiff. You know, I think he is more of a linear, explosive player. I think the ankle stiffness kind of shows up at times, man, but he knows how to use that body. He catches a football pretty well. I love him. I think that's a stock up guy for us. Pretty, pretty safe to st- say there. Uh, and Cameron Coleman. Andrew, another guy out of my area, Max LeBlanc, we kind of had him circled, was in our top 247 discussion beforehand. We knew we were going to get to see him in Atlanta. He, unfortunately, a little bit later uh, in the event, kind of went down with a an injury. Um, and I think it's just an ankle injury, so I, I think he should be okay. Um, but tied in out of Chattanooga, uh, Baylor High School. And this was a guy, man, he's kind of been picking up offers on the recruiting trail and you said it, native of, native of Canada, kind of reminded you of another Canadian, Penn State tight end Theo Johnson. Moved well, super smooth, very athletic. You see the frame, it's like checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. You're looking for those Y tight ends that can play in line. We've kind of seen that on tape with him. And then what can they do in the pass catching game? I mean, this is a guy for me. I mean, he's just kind of starting to scratch the surface. We've seen it on tape. But in terms of that upside, I mean, a lot to like about this kid. Yeah, I think when you first put him on our brought up in our rankings calls, I, I my pushback was like, hey, we already have too many tight ends in the top two, four, seven. But uh, I, big fan of Max LeBlanc. I thought he was bigger and, and more filled out in person than I had anticipated having watched the film. Right, you watch you you watch a few games, some cut ups, and you're like, all right, like I thought he was thought he was pretty narrow, but no, he he he's he's built well. I bring up that Theo Johnson comp. I don't know if he's as tall as Theo Johnson, and, and Theo Johnson's a, a Canadian um, who kind of the same thing, right? Uh, blew up right before his senior season, ended up signing with Penn State. I think he's still there making some plays. But LeBlanc, what I love is his hands, how he kind of controls his body, um, and, and then his, his his run after catch on Friday nights is is pretty unique. I think he did what over 600 yards receiving. He's a name to, to file away if your team is is looking for a tight end, right? He might not be one of the the top six guys that are on the market, but man, like I, I think he could be a playmaker. I think he could be a difference maker. I think he'd be a, a mismatch. Really, really excited to see how he tested uh, in terms of what what he ran, what that shuttle time looks like. Um, but definite stock up for Max LeBlanc. He was having a day, man. He was he was kind of in that group, and like I said, been been picking it up heavy on the recruiting trail. South Carolina, Arkansas, North Carolina, Michigan, Michigan State, all coming in the month of February. So I would imagine after seeing him live, and then once those coaches really get out on the trail, get to see him, maybe I, if they're a little bit more conservative. I, I mean, this dude is going to be a household name at the tight tight end position. 
I wish I had got a chance to talk with him. I wanted to ask him if he if he grew up playing hockey. How did you discover he was Canadian? Because I, that's my job, man. <laughs> it's like on his Twitter. No, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I swear to just got to dig a little deeper, huh? Yeah, right in the bio, Montreal made. There you go. There you go. Did you, did you you can call a Canadian a Canuck? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I was looking it up. Trying to think of the last time I've had a friendly conversation with Canadian. It's not like there's a lot of Canadians down here in Birmingham, Alabama. You ever been to Canada? I've not. I've not. I'll tell you what, man. Lives up to the expectations in terms really nice people. I'll tell you my last interaction with Canadian. Uh, Florida, Florida Panthers playing Buffalo. I figured this would be it. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres, which might as well be in Canada. I mean, these people are definitely Canadian. Guy, guy sitting in front of me at this hockey game Friday night, him and his wife just drinking red wine, lower bowl. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is I'm like, how do I know you're Canadian? This is it right here. That's pretty awesome. Golly, man, that's cool. I don't know why it popped into my head like they brought their own bottle into a hockey game or something like that, but that <laughs> like was kind of how I, yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 you want some cheese and crackers? Yeah, yep. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, let me plug the show before we get to defense. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I need to do this earlier in the show. I always forget because I, we haven't had a rating in like a month. I don't know if people like us. I don't know if people listen to us. I don't even know. I haven't looked at the stats. But if you do, if, if somebody is out there listening outside of my dad, I don't even think my mom listens, please leave a rating, leave a comment anything at all say you like the show say you don't like the show whatever i just want to know that somebody's listening out there it mean a lot to us also what i already said rate the show right yeah so we're we're good there um big week boy andrew I, hey i'm looking for somebody to come co-host the show with me next week gotta send my boy off the right way life <laughs> man life happens so we're getting ready for next week big show this week big couple of shows this week we're excited. All right, Drew, defensive side of the ball, guy that we had circled coming in the event. Man, I don't want to say like Yonze Pierre-ish. You and I always go at it after like Yonze Pierre. It was a, it was a heated topic on the, on the call the other day. He put words in my mouth. Jordan Ross out of Vestavia Hills in, <laughs> out of Vestavia Hills in Birmingham. Not Yonze Pierre in terms of like body type at all. I don't really even think they're similar players outside of playing the same position. But in terms of a guy like up arrow wise, athleticism, explosiveness off the edge, multi-sport athlete, Jordan Ross was a dude that I had circled that I'm like, all right, if this guy puts it together, which we've already seen, we've seen more than flashes I think when you see him in person, you see the body type, explosive lower half, needs to fill out the upper body. There's a lot to like about this dude. I thought he was really active, and I thought he was probably the most athletic pass rusher in attendance, which is saying a lot because that was a really talented group. I think the guys from UC said beforehand that he he tested off the charts, right? Like, it was exceptional, so I, I can't wait to see the numbers there. Um, and, and it was also notable is our guys that cover Auburn, Jason Caldwell. Uh, he, they said that they they saw Jordan play basketball a few nights ago, and he was throwing down dunks or something like that. It was, uh, something crazy. Um, 
you know, I, I, I just, I, we said traits was the word for David Sanders. Like traits is the word here for Jordan Ross. I, I admittedly, I didn't know a whole much, a whole ton on him. I haven't done much studying. I'm hoping to dig back in this week and, and get a good look at him. But um, I, I think he's, I don't want to say like a clay ball that can be molded into whatever you want, but I, I do think, you know, he can, depending on what's needed, what role you want to play him in, how you kind of structure that body and, and fill him out, he can do a variety of different things. He can be a three, four outside backer. I mean, you could, you could really mass him up and, and maybe even, you know, work him as a wide nine hand of the dirt in the ground or, or even kick him inside. So no, I mean, you know, inside is probably a little bit crazy just with his size, but he could be lethal on, on stunts and all that stuff, but it, it was a great performance. I thought from, from Jordan Ross had some good reps against Daniel Calhoun, um, our number three offensive tackle, but no one or, or not many in the bag drills move like he did. Yeah. I, I don't think he's as raw. Like I, I didn't think he was particularly raw off the tape, and then you see him in person, he moves pretty well. I mean, this is a dude, I think he he just really needs to kind of put some mass onto his frame. Like you said, I I think he is exactly what you look for in a 3-4 stand-up outside linebacker, jack roll, whatever you want to call it, off the edge. I mean, just the athleticism, the burst is going to be a lot to handle once he learns how to kind of utilize his hands. Uh, it's going to be a guy that's going to be really difficult to game plan for off the edge. Drew another guy that really couldn't be any more different in terms of body type off the edge and a guy that's really leaped in our rankings for us and a newcomer, Jamonte Waller. And I don't know what expectations I had. You, you turn on the film and you're like, here's this guy. He's high octane, high motor, high effort player. I don't know how many times I can say the same thing in different ways, but that's kind of his tape. And then you see him in person. And it's like six foot two plus 200 and probably 35 to 40 pounds, I would guess. And just explosive and so fast, but under control in his movements and just a really powerful player, thick lower half. He had one of the best days there. He was one of my favorite players to watch. I was thinking about a pro comp off the edge and more so body type standpoint, but like Brandon Graham, right? It's kind of kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. Um, just this really compact, condensed frame, not going to get too much bigger, but this dude is so smooth, so explosive, can play the run on tape, and then the motor as well. I mean, he had one of the most – I mean, he brought out a Dwight Freeney spin move too. We got to see that, you know, so – a lot of different ways of getting to the quarterback. I love this kid, and this is kind of the one that I, I kind of got asterisked leaving the event as like, all right, this is a guy right here. A bit of a tweener, right? But I think tweeners are in. You know, is he – like, what is he uh, – you know, where does he fit in? I don't really know, uh, but I want that guy in, in my in – my, on my sideline. Right, you, my... you don't overthink it. Yeah. Right? Just a good football player. And, and you mentioned the – the burst and the initial get off. I think it's some of the best we saw there at the camp. Um, cross defenders. You, you mentioned the spin move. No, he he's a good one, and <laughs> I feel good about moving him into we into the top two four seven. Right, since Austin Mack, the the Washington quarterback, reclassified to twenty twenty three, we had a 
toss a new guy into the top two, four, seven, you, you suggested Waller. We are all in consensus like, Hey, love his tape. Feel even better about that decision after seeing him um, inside the IPF moving around. Great, great day for him. He's got all the sec offers. Um, I think his recruitment is it's just now, you know, going to kind of get sorted out. It'll be important to, to see where he ends up. Um, you know, visiting, I think in the coming months, that'll kind of dictate what direction this thing goes. I love him. I mean, I, I love him. Uh, just that's what you want. If you're going to be a tweener, everything about you has got to be technically sound. I thought he was one of the more technically sound prospects in attendance. I mean, had a game plan, you know, we talk about proactive, reactive players. What's the difference? Proactive is having a plan and he had a plan every time. Uh, and then on the agilities as well, no wasted movement whatsoever. So a lot to like about him, a really talented edge group. And another guy that kind of stood out there was Sterling Dixon, the Alabama commit out of Mobile, Mobile Christian High School. And Drew, you and I, I don't want to say went back and forth, but this was a guy that there was a little bit of a um, discrepancy on, right, in terms of the grade range kind of coming into the event. We knew we liked him, had a great junior season, had 18 sacks. And you and I alike, both felt like, hey, we just got to we got to see this dude in person, right? And we didn't really know what the frame was going to look like. You see the frame, and it's a li- it's a little bit of a mixed bag, right? He's got some yeah. he's got some length, still got some room to fill out, but there's enough there right now where you can kind of see the intrigue and why Alabama was comfortable pulling the trigger. And then you see him move on the bags a little bit. You're like, okay, I get it. Outside of going up against our alpha dog in in one on ones, I mean, he had a he had a really solid day, a lot to like with, with Sterling Dixon. Another tweener, right? Like another guy that <laughs> can do a variety of different things. I think me and Gabe Brooks are our are, are, are rankings compadre. I think we both said, hey, like I, I could see Sterling Dixon being like a Mike Mike linebacker. I, and I I still think, I, you know, he could be an off-ball inside guy if you needed. Um, I thought – his how he moved, how he came downhill, uh, was encouraging. My my one question mark is, hey, how is he going to hold up against college size SEC tackles that are seasoned? You know, I, I don't know if he can do that thirty snaps a game. Now, I I think he could he could be deployed as a blitzer in certain situations. So, you know, I kind of I kind of want to know where 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 Alabama sees him. Uh, but great day for him. He was named MVP of the of the defensive line by by event organizers. I can't remember which coaches did the defensive line. I don't. I don't. You know, they had a few NFL. You know, legendary NFL players that were where Roman Harper was out there leading the defensive back drills, and um, you know some notable guys out there. But good day for him. Uh, you know, it's easy to see how Alabama took him once you once once you piece the film together combined with this performance. It's like okay, I get it now. And, and maybe coming before I landed in Atlanta on Saturday night, maybe I was like, I, I don't, you know, I'm still trying to figure this one out. I mean, it's pretty nice for Alabama. You look back the last couple of years, I mean, being able, that's, that position is, is so much of who they are, right? Like that Jack position. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like Will Anderson going to be a top five pick in this year's NFL draft, more than likely Dallas Turner. Right, Keon Keeley, Yonze Pierre, and you look at the success that they've had in the state of Alabama. I mean, what a luxury to not have to leave your state 
to be able to get guys like Yonze Pierre, to be able to get guys like Sterling Dixon. And this has kind of gone on years and years for Alabama. In the case this year, Sterling Dixon going to be another guy that's going to be a contributor for Alabama down the line. Drew, some some football bloodlines uh, kind of showing up on Sunday. Tevis Metcalf, the cousin of DK Metcalf, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. D- DB out of Pinson Valley. And, man, he showed up, and I'm like, that's Tevis Metcalf in a positive way. I didn't expect it. I mean, put in a lot of work over the last year, looked great physically, and that's his style of play. Had two interceptions in the one-on-one period, physical. And there were a couple times where he got behind a half step, playing the hip, whatever it is. And, you know, whether it's recovery speed, whether it was him taking advantage of underthrown football, I mean, he, he was always seemed to be around the ball. And you turn on the tape, and it's the same deal. And a guy that I think is really going to more grow into a safety that's playing closer to the line of scrimmage because he's so physical. And I think a guy that can really match up with bigger bodied receivers and also a guy that can match up with tight ends because of his physicality. The one knock on him coming into the event was speed and not so much play speed, but verified speed. I believe that we have from a camp the year before, but man, he, he, in my opinion, he really helped himself. He was also named MVP of the defensive back group. So, it was kind of unanimous across the board. He was a guy that was really turning heads uh, on Sunday in Atlanta. Yeah, and he was at the National Combine as well back in January, and I thought he had a strong day there as well. I think more safety, like you said, than than corner. I also think he could be like a nickel inside guy, um, can play in that space, and he too was named MVP, defensive MVP. Uh, Tevis's older brother, TJ, signed with Arkansas last cycle as, as a safety. And, and you said it, they're also related. The Metcalfs are also related to DK Metcalf, former Ole Miss star, now with um, the Seattle Seahawks. So, uh, no, I thought it was a strong day for him. You know, I, I, I've seen a ton of defensive backs really over the past two months in person, sizing them up, uh, whether it be at, at camps or seven-on-seven tournaments. I think he's definite riser in the rankings. Uh, and I think he's probably someone that can play in the SEC, um, which I don't think we we maybe thought coming into the camp. So it was a solid performance for, from him. And, you know, I thought the defensive back group wasn't as as talented as I initially thought it would be. I think there were some notable no-shows and, and whatnot, but Tevis Metcalf definitely deserves some recognition for what he was able to do. I mean, he's put together. I mean, got him listed at 5'10", 175 pounds. He looked like he was 190. Yeah. I mean, solid. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. That's definitely a recruitment I'm looking forward to following as we kind of get into the spring evaluation period. Drew, to round out our next five defense, Cameron Fountain out of the state of Georgia and Booker T. Washington right there in Atlanta. And, you know, I kind of had a name circled in terms of who he reminded me of, a guy that was unranked coming into the day, right, I believe. Yeah. Um, kind of reminded me of Cam James, who signed uh, with the Florida Gators last year. Uh, out of Olympia in Florida and in a long frame. And we saw Cameron James, I think for us, it, it was an easy comp because of our experience with Cameron James. We saw him in February of last year and it was kind of, I remember you pointed him out to me and um, why are you shaking your head? No, I'm saying exact same thing. It was the yeah, exact okay. same thing. Okay. And it, yeah, it was kind of the same thing. And you were like, have you watched this kid yet? And Cameron James. 
fast forward a year later, just about the same first name, you know, Cameron Fountain. And this guy, big frame, moved really well, fluid, flashed in one-on-one. And then, you know, you're looking at him, you're like, man, this guy's not even scratching the surface of what he's going to be. I'm looking forward to diving in on the tape on him because I, yeah. I think this kid's all upside. One of the first one of the first ones I have marked down is watch today, Cameron Fountain. He's at Booker T. Washington in Atlanta. I asked him, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm staying there. Met him and his mom as they're walking out of the facility. Um, I still don't think he knows what he's doing, but it's it's straight upside play. Um, and I was I was on my Delta flight last night and uh, found a video of him throwing down a, a pretty nice dunk, which is exactly what we found of, of Cameron James this time last year. Um, he, yeah, he's, I would say he's probably over six, five. He has long arms, um, was, was kind of really a complete unknown coming into the, to the camp. I mean, he is a guy that I guarantee right now is going to have a high three-star grade, uh, if not a, a four-star grade on him. Uh, Brian Doan did report Tennessee's got him locked in for an official visit there in June. Shocker, Tennessee, which we keep talking about how they are, uh, doing an excellent job of fortifying that defense and, and building out the two deep that they're involved in that recruitment and, and Tennessee uh, they've made some good evals in, in, in the peach state recently. So no, Cameron fountain was definitely a favorite for me. Yeah. And, and a lot to like, I like, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I got to go back and look at the tape, but if it's anything like he performed today, I would, I, I would imagine the big boys are going to get involved and, and it's not, well, Take anything away from Tennessee and USC and a handful of schools that are was also already at Florida, involved. Florida State for a junior day, right? So I would imagine Florida, Georgia, uh, the who's who's uh, will be involved with with Cameron Fountain. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24 seven Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. Drew, a lot of other guys um, certainly participated and played well on Sunday and guys that we need to give some attention to, but I kind of want to start with the quarterbacks and just kind of get your thought on a guy that is one of the more highly touted prospects in the country. And that is Jake Merklinger out of the state of Georgia in Calvary day high school in Savannah, number 113 prospect in the country, number nine quarterback, according to the top two, four, seven, your thoughts on him. I think it was, you know, just to give my two cents, I ask you a question and then I interrupt you, but I thought he was, he was a mixed bag. That was the exact term I had in my head, like mixed bag. Um, you know, he had some he had some good throws, and then I thought when one on ones got underway, you know, a few balls got away from him. You know, I, I think our tone would be a little bit different if he wasn't throwing alongside Air Nolan. Like I think Nolan was just kind of that good uh, next to him, but 
spent some time with Jake Merklinger as well. Kind of like the the mindset, the mentality with him. You know, he's uh, – I've said this in the past. He has started more games than anyone of these quarterbacks in our top 247, 38 games, uh, 29-9 and as a starter, has thrown for 600 or 6,600 yards, you know, 67% completion percentage. Um, He's a guy that's played a lot, a lot, a lot of football. And I was actually talking with his father, um, who was kind enough to allow him to – doing an interview. I think they were trying to rush out of town, but um, they did an interview for the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Show. And uh, he said Jake had just finished basketball season and had played in a like a lacrosse game on Friday night or something like basketball game Thursday, lacrosse game Friday, Under Armour camp Sunday. So uh, what, what do I mean? Jake told me he does not have a, a, a personalized quarterback trainer, which I thought was notable. Right. Like he doesn't have a guy like some of these guys go to the same guy every, you know, two weeks or whatnot. Um, So I I think maybe there's some more to unlock, even though that he's already been a guy that has played so much varsity football. Uh, There's the tools are definitely there is is what I'll say. Uh, I just think he needs some more polish to to unlock the full potential. He's got some gamer to him. Um, The guy that you know me, man, I mean, I'm not I'm kind of focused I'm very like task oriented, right? So when we go to these camps, not only am I I looking at the guys in my region, but, you know, kind of acting as a safety net for you to make sure that, okay, we're hitting on everything that we need from a 24 standpoint and a 25 standpoint. I'm not really looking at 2026, but one of the guys there from 2026, how about our guy Julian Lewis out of Carrollton High School repping uh, for for the <laughs> the hosting high school and man six one hundred and seventy five pounds had the Georgia towel on I liked him and not only as a a from what he did on on Sunday but like I liked watching him the way he interacted that like I like watching these quarterbacks and how first, they kind of act around each other first one in all the lines like next day or Noland. Yeah, you know, and like, you know, like. Does that mean anything? If you're on the other side. A little bit, yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, you're, you're kind of talking mentality and, and maturity and all that type of stuff. And I saw some of the other guys joking with him, you know, why he was doing uh, one of the accuracy drills. And then he goes out there and he goes four or five or five for five, whatever it is, you know, hits him back with a quick stare. I think it was Anthony Maddox at Texas A&M. Uh, commit but live arm the ball pops it's different and he has command of it too and you kind of see him and there's like all right there's a confidence to this dude I mean listen already got Alabama already has LSU he's he's going to have everybody in the country he's going to be one of the best players in the country just watching him I liked him a lot. I mean, like, <laughs> I, and you might be saying, like, yeah, of course. I mean, what what would you expect? But sometimes you get out there, and it's not it's not what you think, right? Yeah, for sure. And, um, so, just seeing him a little bit and watching him, I, I was definitely intrigued with him. And you know, when the time comes, I'll dive into his tape a little bit more. For right now, I'll stash that for a rainy day. Well, you, you went fourteen and one as a freshman, 
uh, led Carrollton to Peach uh, to Georgia's what a six eight title game, sixty five point five percent as a passer, four thousand yards, forty eight TDs to go against twelve interceptions, uh, tossed the state finals record five hundred thirty one yards against Mill Creek. That was a Mill Creek team that uh, had Caleb Downs in, in the defensive backfield. So yeah, if you don't know the name Julian Lewis, file it away. It's kind of like the NFL draft, right? Like tank for Caleb Williams. <laughs> right. Three years from now. <laughs> tank for Julian do- Lewis. <laughs> this is what's going to be dominating our – if you and I are still doing this, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Julian Lewis definitely be dominating airways. All right, Drew, we're, we're already over an hour, so I don't want to continue to, to go nitty-gritty into this, but I'm going to give you the opportunity. A handful of names, one, two, three, maybe four guys that you want to mention uh, – before we uh, wrap up the show. Can we talk about our guy? Like, I think he's an Oyster Boys, like, favorite. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Jaquan, Jaquan McCroy. McCroy. Yeah. <laughs> Jaquan McCroy. Yeah, big Oyster Boys favorite. Go ahead. I'll let you get the first crack at it since I just keep taking all your... No, you're, no, no you're good. Uh, can't wait. I keep, I've said this, like, ten times on the podcast. It's like a string you pull it. Can't wait to see his measurements, but Jaquan McCroy, biggest individual there. 6'8, you know, he he says he's 365 pounds now. I believe him because I saw him last summer at Florida State and he might have been 400 pounds. Um, I agree because I saw him the first game of the season. If he's 365 now, he he was probably floating near 400. Just a massive human, massive human. Um, and it's a guy that Cooper, I think me and you have kind of, we bet on, right. We, we moved him up into the rankings, right. You know, the, the draft data, the trends are like, you know, these are the guys you should be concerned about, right. Functional athleticism, all that stuff. Like, you know, the data shows that it's hard for these guys to make it, but I think we've kind of believed in McRoy. I saw him again at that Florida state camp, move around, hold his own. Um, you, you saw him in person, you watched the film and, you know, I thought he was he moved better than expected on Sunday in this setting. Uh, he's just massive. I, I think maybe right tackle, you know, I don't know where he is. I spoke to him before he walked in the facility, and he said he has lost weight because he's only e- eating fish and broccoli. I kind of believed him. Like, he just offered up that information on his own. Um, he looked good. Yeah. Yeah. He looked it, good. Oregon is a school he brought up. When I asked, because he was wearing an Arkansas shirt, I'm like, yo, Sam Pittman, like Arkansas. <laughs> He's like, I like Oregon. I'm like, okay, like, you, you, you probably shouldn't have told me that, but uh, you know, he's 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 an interesting one. And Coop, you brought it up, and it, I've been thinking about this since you said it. Like, hey, the NFL, like some more of these like absolute monsters are starting to make their way to the league. I think Evan Neal is a name that jumps out. D- Daniel Falele. Who else? All right, so. Can I read to you my my last paragraph on a recent eval I did on him? Yeah. Although he will need some physical and technical refinement at the next level, McCroy possesses a combination of size and athleticism at the right tackle position that is certain to excel at the next level. Projects as a power five multi-year starter at the right tackle position with the ability to continue to to develop into an all-conference prospect and a potential day one or day two NFL draft choice. Recent examples of McCroy's body types at the NFL and collegiate level include Orlando Brown from the Kansas City Chiefs and Dewan Jones from Ohio State. And the comp I have for him is Dewan Jones. 
yeah. who goes to the senior bowl, right? And all of a sudden you see this guy. And the thing about McCroy is, I mean, the, the frame is so wide, right? Which to me, when you have that type of size and that athleticism, you have the, the margin for error is increased. Because for these edge guys, they have to work around that. And I kind of felt that this week. Like, you see him on Sunday, and he's going up against some really talented pass rushers. But the width of the pass rush is so much more when you're going up against a body type like that. And if the feet are functional, good luck. And then once he gets his hands on you, you're not moving him. It's it's like this, right? It's like you have the three-point line, and he just expands the three-point line, that arc, right? It's like going from a college one to like an NBA one. And then like that all-star shot. 100%. And that's a really good way to think about it. But I mean, it's one of those guys. I mean, like, and the and the other part is if you set him up for a counter in the pass rush move where, hey, you know, I'm going outside and I'm going to try to dip under. I mean, that frame, right? Good luck getting past it. It's not the same. You know, and even if you're looking at a guy like David Sanders, who's who's our number one player in in 2025, who's got a seven foot wingspan and 36 inch arms, it's not the same. I mean, he is wide, and we, and that's why we talk about with these guys with size and functional athleticism. And the other part, Andrew, that you mentioned, the weight loss already is super encouraging. You know, because if this is a guy like Orlando Brown, I think is playing at like 340 pounds. And that was a big issue for him coming out of Oklahoma. And Dewan Jones is now one of those guys that's con considered to be a, a day one or early day two NFL draft choice. Like, if you can get that right, I mean, this kid from an athleticism stand, you brought it up. Remember, we saw him doing the flexibility test, and we're like, you're like, hey, I got you know, a little bit of concern there. I'm like, listen, the only thing I'm worried about is can he move laterally? Because yeah. you, 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 can't, you can't play through him. The frame's just too big, and he's too strong. And we kind of saw that. Um, man, Arkansas, I would love to see him there. They just, it, Sam Pittman's got such a good track record with those big bodies, you know. But I mean, this is a guy that I think right now, Drew, we got him at one thirty-three, and I don't think there would be any hesitation between you and I after what we saw this weekend, having the conversation of of saying, okay, how far can we get this guy up the board potentially? Yeah. I think he got an invite to the Under Armour game, did he not, at the end? I, can't I believe remember. so. Okay. All right, two, so. Two, two other guys I want to talk about, uh, or at least discuss, and that's because they're committed to uh, LSU. Joseph Stone, the wide receiver, Coop, I don't know how much you saw of him. I think he was on the other field. And then Zion Ferguson, the defensive back. Uh, Joseph Stone's a guy that has been an interesting evaluation for me. I've kind of gone back and forth on where I stand on him. Uh, liked him at ba Battle Miami. Liked him again today. I, I think he is an explosive slot type of wide receiver. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on him, but I'm kind of – I'm back in on him. He, he showed up a couple times, you know, like one of, the, one of those where – I mean, there's so many prospects there. I mean, obviously, you know the guy that's committed to LSU. I, I thought he had a solid day. I liked him. Um, yeah, and I thought he performed well. Um, so I, I just think there's some other wide receivers. If you look in in those 2024 rankings that are like similar size, dimensions, skill sets, and 
I think I would take like Joseph Stone over a lot of those guys. And, you know, I think I've maybe watched more wide receivers than, than some of the others um, just because there's a lot in, in Florida and I've been auditing Florida, um, you know, but I, I just glancing at the rankings and I'm, I'm not going to throw out names. Like I, I would have him a little bit higher. So I was a fan of him. And then, and then Zion Ferguson's another guy I have had a ton of exposure to and uh, a kid from Georgia. He is a big corner. He has continued to put on size. I don't know if, did he do one-on-ones? He wasn't on my side of the field. Um, I don't remember. Number 10. Uh, but he looked good. Again, I said it was it was kind of a, I don't know, like it wasn't the best of defensive back groups, but I thought Zion, um, Zion looked the part. And, you know, LSU's 2024 class right now, sitting number three in the rankings. I, I, I just, you know, I, I like those two a lot more than maybe I did before. Um, and I think they're nice pieces. I think those are guys that can make plays in, in the SEC. And I don't think they're going to be the headliners of the class is what I'm saying. These are probably guys that are going to be in that 10 to 20 range. Um, so so it's good early takes for Brian Kelly and the Tigers. I agree. It's a good way to put it. Um, a couple guys for me, Drew, Jeremiah Beeman. You know, I thought he had a good day. I mean, I think when you, you compare him to – some of the guys there, maybe it's easy for him to get lost in the shuffle. I think he's a little bit more raw in, in terms of where he is and his development. He needs some refinement, but I like him. I'm, you look at the size, you look at the AA combination, a lot to like there. Jarrett Smith as well, young pup, you know, needs to fill out his frame, but one of the top pass rushers in, in 2025. How about our guy Jeffrey Rush out of Mississippi, man? Had a really strong day. It was a really, really strong defensive line group, and – Bradley Shaw, Andrew, I know it was a guy that we kind of had circled. I wouldn't really say this was his type of event, right? Which is a good thing for us because now we we kind of got him pegged as what he is. And I don't mean that in a negative light. Like, this is a guy who's a between-the-tacklers production machine. Football instincts, plays behind the line of scrimmage. Him in space is not his kind of game, right? And that kind of showed up a little bit, but... I didn't think he was a fish out of water either. No, you know? no. Uh, Serviceable is the term I would use. For sure. Uh, a couple other guys, Mon Lane, quick twitch, explosive, a little tight hip, a little ankle stiff, but a guy that I can see playing a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Kevin Otis, man, out of Mississippi, no relation to Alabama's Jaheim Otis, as you pointed to in your article. But if you saw Kevin Otis, you would see why we, we have to clarify that. Big cat. In the interior, I think he's going to have a great career. So, loaded camp and a handful of guys we didn't get to. Braden Jacobs, Juan Gaston, Bradley Smith, Mason Short on the offensive line, Nikolai Brooks as well, Braylon Burnside, um, <laughs> the running back position, Cameron Davis, Florida State commit, Kanan Daniels, who we really like, Michael Welch had a good day, Anthony Rogers from Alabama, Chris Davis. Loaded. Load it. And if they were all like this, man, it would it would make life a dream. So Drew, nerd it out. One hour, fifteen minutes, just talking ball, man. Your I think final, we your final thoughts. I think we uh I think we hit the, played the hits, hit on some big names. Names to know. Names to know. I hope people like go back and are like, all right, three months from now or however many months from now when they're like really trying to get their wits about them when it comes to like 2024 recruiting. And they're like, all right, I, I need to go back to this show and be like, all right, tell me more about Tevis Metcalf. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, but nonetheless, productive trip. That's why you do it. Hey, we got some good B-roll out of it too, huh? Yeah. Good, good content to come, right? Great content to come, man. Great content to come. Drew, what are we talking about tomorrow? Tomorrow's show. NFL Combine, Scouting Combine coming up. Um, go. Going to talk. That. Yeah. I, uh, I, I pulled some interesting data. Um, going to also talk about some recruits that could shine at the Scouting Combine one day. Does, um, this, does this help from a freak's list preparation standpoint? It does. Is there a lot of crossover? A lot of crossover. A lot of crossover, but... You know, I think it's it's good to kind of, you know, go through the data and, and find different people. Um, I'm just fired up to watch the scouting combine. I, I dude, I love that. I can't get enough of it. Like I, I'm going up to IMG on uh, Thursday. They got a pro day, and then I'm I'm gonna just stay in Orlando because we got the Under Armour camp in Orlando on Sunday. So I'm just staying at saying my dad's. I'm like, hey, do you have do you have NFL Network? I'm like calling to make sure because i'm like i need to watch the combine on on, on friday and saturday when do <laughs> when like, do we when do we say sayonara to you next week monday or, or no we're gonna we're gonna go tuesday 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 okay so a lot of jimmy buffett in your future next week dude no no i'm just, not talking about live concerts i'm just talking I, about getting in the zone ready to get married no man, Coop. Just wait. I'm I'm like two months ahead of you. Get get the lists get longer the closer. Feels you get. like a year. What do you um, mean? Just a lot of. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to get this done. I'll tell you this, man. I haven't had to do anything. I've had to get like. I think the one thing I got tasked with was like making sure my buddies got their white linen suits and. White linen. White linen, baby. It's a spring. It's a spring wedding in Louisiana, and it's probably going to be ninety degrees. Going to be hot. Going to be a hot one. But I, I still think the boys are struggling to get their suits. Point being, I get it. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to be done. But hey, you hear that in the background? I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. I was invited. Can't make it. That's me just giving my early claps, man. I'm excited. So for our director of scouting at 24-7 Sports, man, the myth, the legend himself, the Prince of Florida, Andrew Ivins, also our producer, Lance Glenn, and me, National Recruiting Analyst, Cooper Patana. Guys, as always, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, back at it, talk a little NFL Combine. And Thursday, who knows? Drew told me not to promise anything. I'm not promising anything. My heart's been broken before like last week still picking up the pieces so we'll, we'll see if we can get a guest on thursday don't hold your breath but we'll see we'll see i think i i think i got a fish on the line boys just a little bit slippery but we'll see see if we can get see if we can get a big bite but guys we appreciate you joining us as always and we'll see you tomorrow thanks for listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.